Welcome to Getting Off with Natalie and Rocky, where we help you to create more safety and enjoyment in the bedroom. I'm Natalie Viers, a pleasure and intimacy coach. And I'm Rocky Peterson, Yoni massage practitioner and pleasure educator. This is a space where you get to open your mind, be free of your inhibitions and play. All right, here we are back for another episode. And today we are talking about shame. I'm Rocky. (laughs) And I'm Natalie. And today we're going to talk about fuck shame. We're talking about fuck shame. Fucking shame? (laughs) Well, I mean, you know. How how does one fuck shame? (laughs) Well, we're talking about how to, well, let's discuss it. How does one fuck shame? (laughs) Oh, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, you know, for me, you know, it's been it, 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 so it's easy for me. You know, this one's kind of close to home for me because, you know, I grew up and my mom was very, very much shame driven about sexuality. We couldn't talk about it. We couldn't think about it. You know, anything remotely sexual was just shameful at, at every level. And it's like, what the hell? And and then as I became a adolescent and, you know, was more interested in sex and pleasure and whatnot, I had to really shed her conditioning. Hmm. When you were little, what did that kind of shame look like? How did you know that sex was shameful and that you weren't supposed to go there? Well, I mean, there were words that we couldn't talk about. You know, masturbation was so dirty and vile and nasty and anything that came up around sexuality was just so taboo uh so unpalatable we just couldn't talk about it did that make you more or less interested in it (laughs) well (laughs) i i think everybody gets more interested in it when you know when it's taboo is is your current career a (laughs) Yeah, is that an indication? Sure, absolutely. In the other direction. (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. So, so basically, somewhere around sixteen or eighteen, you know, I kind of had to like look at her conditioning and go, "Fuck all that." You know, I'm not buying into you know your beliefs about shame. I say, "Fuck shame." And guilt too. I mean, kind of guilt goes along with it. You know, it's like if you masturbate, you should feel guilty. Why did your mom think it was shameful? What was her reasoning? Well, in support of my mom, she was abused. Her dad was a horrible man. He abused all of his kids emotionally, physically, sexually. He had, you know, kind of free reign to do whatever the hell he wanted. Uh, Because we're talking about in the 50s, you know, you kind of owned your kids back in the 50s. Are either of your parents alive today? No. So I get it that a lot of what was going on with her was about being protective. And I respect that she had good intentions. Being protective, how? What was she protecting you from? Well, I don't know that she was protecting me necessarily. I mean, I I think maybe she was trying to instill something to maybe counteract what her dad did and make sure that I would never be that kind of man. Mm. You know, it's like sex is, it has to be just right or you're bad. You should feel guilty. You're, you're shameful. 
what does just right mean to her? That's a good question. I don't know where the sweet spot was for her. Was it a moving target? Well, I mean, you know, we couldn't talk about it, so I don't know. Mm. So it was kind of like this amorphous thing that was like, in just right land. <laughs> it's it's just pressure from her. And, you know, we're just kind of like, uh, okay, you know, kind of shrugging our shoulders. It's like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I've heard a lot worse. And well, I've got a story for a little bit later here. I hear other people being shamed and guilted in worse ways. So that's why we're talking about this because it's out there a lot. There's just a lot of people that are uh, carrying around shame that came from wherever it came from. Well, where does it come from? I see a lot of it coming from religious fundamentalism. Hmm. There's a lot of backlash to that fundamentalism now on the internet. And there's a lot of good videos and I'm seeing people, especially women talking about some of this. In fact, one of them was a Congresswoman, I think in Kentucky talking about some new law that they created there. And she was railing on how these old fat white men in their legislature created laws using the Bible. And she goes on to talk about how many times the Bible talks about love. I think she says it's mentioned something like 136 times or something like that. So it's funny that religions can be a, such a source of shame and guilt when you know there's actually some love stories in the Bible in different scriptures. Definitely, there's. I think it's existing power structures that are the source of a lot of shame because shame is ultimately a tool of control, right? When your mom was shaming you for talking about sex in any way or having sexuality in any way, she was using the shame to control you so that you would not bring that into her space, right? Into her experience because it's uncomfortable for her. She has her own shameful associations with it. So she's not comfortable with the topic enough to sit in it with you. And there are different reasons why organized religion shames sexuality. It's to maintain power and control. When you have a congregation of people who believe that they are wrong just for having human tendencies, they're a lot easier to control. And I say that while still wanting to speak respect for what anyone believes spiritually, religiously, I think everyone has the right to decide for themselves what fits right for their faith. And you were pointing out that the Bible has stories of love. There's a lot about religion and spirituality that is based in truth, real deep human truths that we all connect around which is why they hung around so long. (laughs) Yeah, I I certainly don't want to suggest that it only comes from religious sources. That's one source. I mean, there's certainly possibly a bigger kind of traditional source Mm -hmm. and culture, society, whatever. A broader power structure. 
A broader power structure, yeah. yeah. And I mean, the broader power structure may influence religion. I mean, who knows? It, at any given time, it probably switches all around. But the sad truth is there's stuff out there that is very confusing about how we should feel about our primal instincts. Very and confusing. Needs. Very confusing. Are you excited to explore the world of pleasure? If so, head to Getting Off with NatalieAndRocky.com, where you can choose your own adventure. I can speak for a woman's experience. The double standards that exist for women and the expression of their sexuality are there on purpose. Like we are not supposed to be able to figure out how to do it right. Just like you're like, you know, sex needs to be done the right way. Well, what the heck is the right way? Yeah. Feminine sexuality is treated the same way where like there's this ghost of the just right that we're just supposed to somehow understand when the truth is that, you know, women are inundated from the beginning with these messages of like responsibility for guarding our purity and the importance of virginity and uh, at the same time you know we see tons and tons of examples of how men love a dirty slut <laughs> well i've got several clients who have had their partner call them a slut and shame them about their sexuality and then turn right around and want sex from them an hour later mm -hmm. yes so we are told to keep our legs closed and yet nearly every man that we come into contact with is attempting to get into our pants or at least thinking about it. So close them until I get here. Uh-huh. <laughs> close, <laughs> close them until it's about me. Yep. So it's very much this damned if I do, damned if I don't experience, which is why I work with women around liberating their sexuality and embodying their sensual confidence because it literally is an act of revolution today as a woman to decide that we get to own our sexuality fully, that we get to be sexual beings, that we get to casually talk about sex and it not mean anything about our value as a, as a person, that we get to admit to liking sex and it not be a promise to anyone. This ownership and this freedom is what will create a safer world. The shame, the keeping everything in the closet, that atmosphere is what breeds sexual violence. It's like tantalizing people, telling you can't have that. It's dirty. It just makes them want it more. And it comes out in unhealthy ways. Yeah. Like propriety, like the man who owns you so that, you know, you can be his fuck slut. But God forbid you should think about anybody else. That's a lot of people's like attitude about <laughs> monogamy. That's very much like a, a, a sexual dynamic that, that exists. It's not one I would choose. Uh, another whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how do we get peace of mind? So I talked about the importance of this ownership. And, you know, that's one of the things that I help women do is gather the courage and strength that it takes to, how do I describe this? It requires 
a lot of releasing of fear, a lot of learning how to embody one's own sense of safety. So if I were to suggest to women that, well, you're probably no more of a slut than any man that you know. So consider the source, right? I mean, you know, if you're a slut, he's way more of a slut. He's probably had more lovers than you. You were probably more conservative because you were slut shamed and a little bit slower to get out of the gate and start owning some of your sexuality. And now here's this guy or here's culture or whatever making you feel shameful about your desires and needs. Why not just consider the source? It's like, yeah, that's all just bullshit, just lies that you're making up to try and control me. Go fuck yourself. Well, yeah. Like why, why does someone shame someone for control? Sexual shame is literally a function of the patriarchy. It's not an accident that men can be super sluts and yet be culturally considered cleaner, <laughs> you know, and, and women are dirty. It's very much by design. And so, which is why, um, you know, in any situation when someone is disempowered, power is not something that is just handed to you. Power has to be claimed. When someone has power over you, they're never going to just like turn around and look at you one day and go, oh, you know what? I realize this is wrong. Here's your power back. Like, no. <laughs> when you find yourself in a dynamic, in a situation where someone else has the power, you have to take the power. And this is how that is done by declaring that we have a right to our full expression of our humanity, which includes our sexuality. And no one owns it but us. Sex sells in our media because women don't own their own sexuality right now. Someone else does. The system does. The culture does. People making money off of it do. Women in the sex industry, women who are doing OnlyFans, women who are basically expressing themselves sexually and making their own money off of it, they're taking that power back. Now, I'm not saying that that particular path is the avenue that everyone must take on this journey, but for some women, that feels like power. So how do women get to experience this more? I mean, you know, you... You're single, you're dating. Do you feel guys out for, okay, you know, who are you as far as letting me be the sexual being that I am? I mean, how long does it take you to, to discover that, okay, this guy, he gets it. He's chill. He's not going to be one of those guys that's trying to control me with shame. These days, I am proud to say I have developed a level of discernment where I keep myself out of most trouble with men who make assumptions. I, I did recently have that experience with the guy who asked for the blowjob, and that was a boo-boo I made because we had friends in common. But when I'm getting to know somebody new, so much of it is honestly unspoken. I communicate with the energy that I embody 
I prefer to be in conversation with a man who is attuned to me and so therefore noticing what my energy is doing. And if he's noticing what my energy is doing, I am super obvious if I'm th- if I'm thinking about getting naked with you. I mean, it's like the signs are everywhere. And when a man is that tuned in, he's also going to notice when the signs are not there. He's not going to make assumptions about what's on my mind because he's feeling into my state where, you know, what's going on with my energy and my emotions and like my, my expressions. Do I seem like I'm really enjoying myself? Do I seem like I'm really into him or do I seem a little hung back still? And like, I need a little more exposure. I need him to show me a little more of, of who he is and let me feel that connection. I'm an interesting case because I am highly embodied in my sensuality. I'm known for being a sexual being. People, I mean, part of it is what I do for a living, but also it's just, it's in my energy. It's the way that I carry myself. It's the, it's the way that I go about the world in a turned on state, uh, which is something that I had to practice doing. I believe I shared about that already in one of our episodes, or at least one practice I did. Yes. Yes. And so much of it is unspoken. It's funny because I'm like, we, I'm talking about how we need to be able to have conversations about liking sex and all of this, but it like so much of it doesn't even need to require words. We need the space to be sexual in nature and also not be. One of women's greatest complaints is that like when we live at home with a man, we can't like have our tits out without him making it a sexual thing. Women in like our native land, (laughs) we happily have our boobs out all the time because it's like, I mean, do you like having a shirt on at home all the time? No. No. So why would we? But just because we want our shirt off doesn't mean that we are thinking about sexy time. Doesn't mean that Mm. we're in that place at all. Mm. And most men are going to go, ooh, boobies, and immediately like (laughs) jump to, (laughs) like, I'm going to try to go after her now. Well, yeah, she's sending a signal. She's got her top off. She's... She must want it. Right. That is the assumption. And and it's like an attuned man is going to stop for a second and check in with her energy and question, is that a signal for me? I mean, if you're looking at a woman with her boobs out, if it's not a signal, it's not going to take you very long to identify that like, no, she, like she's, she's not sending her tits at you right now. <laughs> she's, she's just sitting comfortably doing something. And when we're in sexy energy, we're so obvious. We're so like, we want you to know, we want your attention. And it doesn't mean that there isn't a way to get us there. But the point is, is that the ability to be sexual in nature and to also be non-sexual in nature, it's the ability to be a whole human person and have different modes and different moods and not always be sexualized just because we are sexy. Ah, that's a tall order for a lot of us guys. Uh, We really (laughs) need you to learn it. (laughs) No, I know. I get it. I get it. I mean, you know, I'm, I, I work on that, you know, day in and day out with clients. So I, I understand what you're saying and, and I've really learned a new respect. I, 
have to admit when I was younger, I would have been the first one, you know, out there trying to tweak that nipple, you know, (laughs) (laughs) when you walk by, it's like, you know, okay, you know, it'd be that way. Okay, here you go. (laughs) But I definitely understand. So let me, let me ask you real quick then. So we're kind of alluding a little bit to how shame impacts women. What about men? How much do you see shame impacting men? And what do you see as far as uh, impacts of that? I think men being shamed out of their sensitivity is a big part of the reason why men have learned so many performative ways of trying to connect with women that suck. (laughs) Oh my God. You just hit it right on the head. Oh my God. That's so true. Most men are so lonely and they need intimacy so badly and they just don't know how. And it's because of that shame. Like you got shamed out of having any feelings. (laughs) Well, and potentially shamed for not being attuned. You know, we kind of got to talk about how even when we're trying to do what we think is right and we're clearly wrong, We've got to be able to communicate about that so that we can get to, you know, being more sensitive about it instead of being just shamed about it. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm, and I'm not saying you're shaming men for, you know, you've got your tits out and so he's being too aggressive or too assertive or anything like that. I, but I'm saying that could be taken as shame. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm guilty of that. That's shameful. No, guys, it's not shameful. It's just not attuned. You're not paying attention. Well, I mean, it's going from having a completely like self-oriented perspective uh, when you're interacting with someone to extending yourself and considering their perspective as you're interacting with them. Right. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but this like skill of empathy is pretty weak for a lot a lot of men. <laughs> it's weak in a lot of humans in general these days. But when you said that, you know, back in the day, you would have been the first to, you know, walk by and tweak a nipple. What I wanted to say is, can you feel how self-oriented that action is? How it's completely like... Yeah, downright objectification. Yeah. Yeah. It's a completely about your experience, your desires. Sure. And there's zero check in there of like, does she desire to have her body touched this way right now? Does she desire this interaction? Or am I just forcing her to have it right now because I haven't stopped to think for one second that she might have her own desires? So as we develop, uh, and I say develop meaning communication, talking about these things more, what the side effect is, is more play, more adventure, more range of experience by being able to engage more often, right? Is that a fair assessment of what happens when we become a little bit more sensitive and a little bit more present with uh, checking in with someone? I mean, that's what we're talking about here, getting off. We, We want people to be able to get more opportunities of pleasure. And, you know, shame is in the way. So how do we get shame out of the way? Well, you know, I I say number one is communication. I don't know that I would say more opportunities for pleasure. I mean, yes, but better. 
Well, more opportunities could be somebody that's not getting any at all. I mean, you know, (laughs) so I mean, yeah, in your experience, you know, more opportunities might be, well, okay, we're going to get it, you know, maybe one more time a month or two more times a month or something like that. But somebody else that's like got, you know, other things going they're, you know, they're being offensive. I mean, that's part of what happens to us guys is we're literally offensive to the women. And so we get rejected and we're not having play or experience or fun or anything because we're getting turned down for our poor behavior and not being able to figure out how to be attuned. Well, I think that part of the problem is thinking of sex as the end goal in the first place because sex is connection for women. It is the intimacy and the connection. And it does feel like that's the missing piece for a lot of men is that Men are not present to the connection that is actually happening during sex because they're lacking the attunement. They are not fully emotionally, energetically involved in what is taking place. Hey, hey guys, push the repeat button, go back 30 seconds and listen to that over and over and over again, because I'm going to tell you right now, from my experience working with women, that is some of the best advice you will get. If you're single and things aren't working for you, you need to work on connection. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Natalie. Please continue. No, you're right. It's absolutely vital. And a lot of men are really lacking in skills when it comes to connection, how to connect with other people. A lot of men really struggle to make friends with both men and women And like, I mean, there are some serious needs for intimacy that are being neglected. In the other aspect of my work, I do a form of energy healing for people. And it just amazes me how often I see such heavy pain and sadness carried around in men and just such a sense of disconnection and separation and isolation and Really, like women are so hungry for that deeper connection. So let me chime in here. So guys, one of the things that I want to point out here that's really, really important is your fear is actually probably a benefit for you right here. Okay. So you're nervous about talking to women. You have fears about this. There's you know, maybe you've been shamed or ridiculed or whatever. Don't let that get in your way. Your vulnerability of being a little bit afraid, a little bit nervous of a woman is more than likely for most women, especially past high school, an endearing quality, something that they're going to want to help you with. It's like, oh, you're having a little trouble communicating. Well, let me ask a question. You know, let me, the women will jump in that it's like they want to connect with you. So kind of stick yourself out there a little bit. Yeah. There are definitely realms where men are learning really amazing social leadership techniques, certainly in some of the circles I'm in. So there are some beautiful resources available for learning a more connected approach when it comes to getting to know someone. But it really is such an essential element to having a more deeply enjoyable sex life. 
You have to feel intimately seen by your partner. So if I can paraphrase a little bit of what we've been talking about here for just a little bit more, the concept that us guys are, you know, kind of goal oriented towards sex is not the goal. The goal should be making the friend and sex. If that happens, great. Okay. But be connected, be a friend, be interested and get to know someone. And that is your path to getting your needs met. Yeah. You know, I think we all men and women alike need sex. Like being single is not fun because there are a couple times a month where my body lets me know that I deeply <laughs> need sex and don't always have something to do about that. We have different needs. We need it in different ways at, at different times. And I think so much of the conversation between men and women goes wrong because there's a lot of finger pointing and blame and resentment and bitterness. And there's been a lot of harm on both sides culturally. And part of what I think you and I do well, Rocky, is have these conversations in which we are attempting to get onto the same page. You know, we're trying to come together around the fact that we operate inherently very differently. We think very differently. I have been recently asking men in my life questions. I've been I've been doing some work with masculine energy in general in my life. And it made me really interested in hearing men's perspective on certain topics. And one of the questions I asked a few men was, what makes you feel most respected? And almost every answer that I got out of the men that I asked was one that I never would have come up with as a woman. Like it just, I do not think about respect in the same way. Now I'm dying. I think everybody wants to hear the answer to this one now. What's the main answer? What's the predominant? They were all different. Oh, okay. There was not a common thread. Each man had very different ways of vocalizing how he feels respected. One of them said that he needs to feel that someone is moving in the same direction with him and that they're on the same page. Another man said that he needs someone to show up how they say they're going to show up. Yeah, those are the couple main ones I can think of. But it was just different verbiage than I would have used as a woman. Well, what would your verbiage, what would your indication of respect be from a man? I guess I my answer would be I feel most respected when I feel I'm being regarded as a, as a whole human Mm. You know, when, when someone is recognizing my wholeness. See, that's something that we don't get the same vibe about what we are. Women treat us as whole. So that's probably kind of built in. It's baked in to the equation. So now we're going to answer with something that we're not getting. Yeah. And women, we do tend to recognize when we are interacting with you that we are also interacting with your inner little boy and your inner king. I mean, we really relate to all those different parts of you. We're obviously, we do a lot of 
generalizing here and speaking for men and women, and there's definitely variety and everything. But one thing that I continue to be amazed by is polarity, just like the extreme difference in how our energy operates, how our thinking works, how we approach life. It it really is quite different. So I'm going to move on a little bit. So speaking of different, (laughs) I got to say that we're back to fuck shame. One of the things that I want to point out is this isn't always a masculine feminine thing. So I got to tell a little bit of my story and I I want to kind of protect the client's privacy a little bit. And so I'm going to say she's from a different continent and her shame doesn't come from a man. In fact, the man that she married has worked tirelessly to try and help her shed some of her shame. Her shame comes from her mother. Her mother was very traditional and very guilt and shame driven about sexuality. And, you know, some people may feel appalled by this, but she never could even take off her panties to take a shower. She told me she didn't know what her genitals looked like until she was in her 30s because all she could ever do was change her panties like you know quickly take them off and put on some fresh ones but she had to shower in them she had to bathe in her panties because it was so shameful to to be naked further she was completely segregated from boys and men including her father she never got a hug from her father until she spent some time with me and we talked about it and her father happened to be here and uh, he's still alive, of course. And I said, okay, well, today your mission is to go hug your father. And she sent me pictures. They were pretty much crying, you know, because she's like 35-ish or something like that. First time she's ever hugged her father. Mm. So guilt isn't always at the hands of men, you know, and this is tradition that was driving all of this, you know, really ancient tradition. There are some countries that are even more fundamental in their shame and guilt about sexuality and other things that are more destructive and damaging than the United States. We're actually, you know, kind of in the middle as far as liberal when it comes to sexuality, I'd say, you know, maybe some places in Europe might be a little bit more progressive, but there's still a lot of places that are very shame driven. So lots of my clients are from other countries because we're here and we're a little bit more open-minded and we can talk, at least we could talk about it here. (laughs) You know, we kind of have freedom of speech about sexuality to a degree. We're actively unlearning our shame over here in America. Absolutely. Yeah, we're working on it. And thanks for listening, you know, and and hearing us go over all this stuff so that, you know, maybe you can find something in our stories to help you. I wanted to say the desexualization of nudity is a huge part of releasing ourselves from sexual shame. The culture of modesty in the home is, I think, very confusing for children. You know, it plants ideas that there's something wrong with their bodies at a very early age. That's always been something that has been very important to me as a mother. I have a 
five-year-old son. And in our house, nudity is just naked bodies. It's treated no differently than anything else. Sometimes there's reason to be naked and sometimes there's reason to have clothes on. When something is an entirely shame-free experience, it's also a completely normal experience. There's no like heightened awareness around it or fascination. It, it just is. In the same way that women need to be desexualized with men in our homes where we like to just hang out naked every once in a while, we need the right to not automatically be seen as sexual in nature just because we happen to be naked. I have a kind of a funny analogy on that. When I was young, my parents were pretty regular alcohol drinkers, and they thought it was okay for us to have alcohol when we were kids. It's like, you want you want some? Yeah, you can have some. Here's a little brain um, damage for you. <laughs> as, as long as you stay home, no no driving, you know, it, it's like, and, and so it was really interesting, you know, I could drink when I was a kid so that, you know, when I got to high school and all the kids, you know, were getting somebody to get them alcohol and it was like their first time to get their hands on they it. They like went like news. crazy. Yeah. No, it's like, yeah, no big deal. You know, it's like, no, I'm not going to go get stupid drunk just because that's the thing to do when you're in high school. No, I've I've been there, done that, you know? And so, I mean, you know, we get acclimated to something. And I think nudity is a good thing to be acclimated to. I think that's a great idea. You know, I mean, I have to say that I've got a lot of stories, you know, with this woman, but one of them, you know, that she's acclimating her children. One of them, they were watching TV and one of them was essentially masturbating while they were watching TV. And... She asked me, well, you know, what do I do? And, and I said, well, you know, don't make a big deal out of it. That's shaming. But you might mention that, you know, usually we do that in the privacy of our bedroom. You know, that's not something that you, you know, normally would do in front of your parents and other people. So, you know, that's probably a better place for you to do that. Masturbation <laughs> is a solo activity unless we have other consenting parties. <laughs> It's a lesson in consent, right? Like, did anyone around you consent to be part of this interaction with you in your body? No. They... Yeah. Well, when someone's eight years old, you know, we're not talking about consent. It's No, but, yeah, but in simpler language, we can frame it that way, that when we are engaged in our own pleasure, that that is a way of relating to ourselves. And that's the beginning of the conversation of, you know, what about when it's time to invite someone else into engaging in our sexuality? What goes into that? How do we determine when we're ready for that and what feels right for that? Those conversations with kids start as young as five years old when they're just playing with their dingling. <laughs> yeah. Just very simple well versions of them. Yeah. And you've got stories about shame too, right? Something happened, or I don't know if it's a happening. I just see one little note, Jade Dildo. <laughs> so our little notes here are just kind of cryptic. <laughs> so you got something to tell us. I, I'm dying to hear it now. Well, I <laughs> I was thinking of telling that. It's one of my favorite memories when it comes to releasing shame around sexuality um, since I 
started teaching the art of the blowjob. Before I created a course that people can buy online, I was hosting a live class on Zoom back in 2020 when everybody was stuck at home with nothing better to do and uh, raking it in like mad. But um, it was really amazing how many women were excited to sit and talk about blowjobs like we were all at a slumber party. But one of the main outcomes of that course is an opportunity to release shame around any aspect of our sexuality, and but particularly any shame associated with blowjobs. And I saw a lot of really amazing blossoming happening after women attended my class. There were many sort of ripple effects that I saw in their energy and their expression and just the more vibrant way that they were showing up. But this one woman... <laughs> sent me a series of short little videos on Facebook Messenger of her massaging inside her mouth with a jade dildo. And the way she was laughing and just like she was absolutely giddy, showing me how good it felt and what a good time she was having and just like the exuberance of it, I will never forget. And it was like I could feel coming off of her just the release of all that heavy shame and how light and free she was feeling that she was just like <laughs> in another world practically. So that's the Jade Dildo story. Shame is very heavy. That's why it's used for control. It keeps people down. It disconnects them from their access to their personal power. It incapacitates people. Yeah. It makes people docile and weak. All right, so I, I, I guess I put in a plug here, folks. If shame is something that you are recognizing now, I mean, maybe, maybe you didn't notice it. Maybe this talk is bringing something up for you. That's why we're here. We're here to talk to you about it, whether it's me or Natalie, you know, whoever you resonate with. Uh, if you want to talk about it, you can check out our website, and we've got our contact information there, and we can help with that. Yes. For women, my blowjob course is a great place to start to really open up to a new mindset, a different way of thinking about how you engage with your sexuality, how you choose to embody your sexual energy. All right. And so next week we will be talking about should you be following a man's lead? Hmm. That sounds interesting. I'm curious now, am I leading or am I following? <laughs> Definitely going to get more into that attunement conversation. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for checking in with us. See you next week. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Getting Off with Natalie and Rocky. For more resources and ways to work with us, visit gettingoffwithnatalieandrocky.com. Please don't forget to follow, rate, review, and share the show. Join us again next week for another stimulating episode. We're here to expand your view of what's possible in intimacy and pleasure.